0: Thank you for listening to Weekly Wisdom, the podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Haddonfield, New Jersey. This episode is a sermon by Reverend Nicky Basante titled The Game of Thrones. It's based on Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11, the story of John the Baptist's call to repent and be baptized in his baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode. Did you come out of by coming in here? Perhaps it's a wilderness of debt. Perhaps it is a wilderness of broken relationships or a wilderness of addiction or a wilderness of internet or social media stalkers. Are you surrounded by spiteful specters? Are you haunted by poltergeists from yesterday's pitfalls? Perhaps you're being tormented by the beasts within your mind as you are waiting to undergo a treatment schedule. they may be trudging a path that's set on all sides by valleys of frustration and unanswered questions, overwhelmed by mountains of senseless violence, stuck in a ditch up against a canyon wall, or perhaps you're just lost and have given up trying to find a way out. The good news of the gospel today is that in these wild places, Where people fear to go, and where only the shrieks of beasts are heard, the word of God comes. There is a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. The gospel of Mark begins much differently. The man of Matthew and Luke, there's no shepherds, there's no adoring angels, there's no baby Jesus in the crib. There's no wise men either in the Gospel of John or here, where instead the opening scene says, in the midst of your wilderness and chaos and pain, a prophet emerges. The first prophet in over 400 years, and I love the way the Gospel writer of Luke tells it, and the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Folks, I love John the Baptist. I mean, love him. Like, I know you've heard me sit up here and say, oh, I love the Gospel of Mark, or I love Abraham, or yada, yada, yada. I love John the Baptist. It was, I don't know, 2013, and I was in a very, very difficult position in my ministry. And I said to the person I was speaking to, I said, all I can do is be John the Baptist. I'm just going to keep pointing my way to Jesus and the person turned around and said to me, well, you do remember that John the Baptist got his head cut off. And I said, well, there is that. <laughs> but in a world where so many people are searching for purpose or are lost or are confused and don't know who they are, what a gift to know exactly what your calling is from the moment you were born. And in fact, the scripture tells us John knows, well, he's in utero. One of our favorite, one of my favorite passages is when John leaps in his mother's womb just at the sound of Mary's voice. John knew who so surely what his purpose was. This prophet that emerges from the wilderness has only two things to do. He has a laser-like focus on his mission. Nothing added to it, nothing taken away. Number one, to introduce the kingdom mission, which is the proclamation of the baptism of repentance. And number two, to introduce the envoy of this kingdom, the person of Jesus Christ. Other than these two purposes and his wardrobe choices and nutrition preferences, we know virtually no other details of his life. Other than to say John the Baptist was completely overmastered by the Holy Spirit and absolutely possessed by Jesus Christ. John the Baptist puts himself under the authority of Scripture and the authority of God. It is a glorious thing to be captured by the purposes of God. As the Apostle Paul puts it, I am an ambassador in chains for the gospel. Always a safe place to be, right? No. No. Go back to your passage. Look at the direction people are going. They're fleeing to the wilderness for a baptism. Just think about this for a minute. This is not a small thing. It's not like today where we can go to our house in the Poconos to get away from it all or main to your cabin retreat or your winter vacation home. To head out into the wilderness was to head out into unknown territory surrounding regions occupied by Samaritans, different hunting and gathering trails, different tribes, looters attempting to rob people on the way to and from Jerusalem. If you're heading into the wilderness, your number one goal is to avoid being robbed and killed, that is, if the desert doesn't swallow you first. The normal and commonsensical order of affairs was to go towards civilization, not away from it. And this wasn't just a few people. It says all the country of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem were seeking out John in this wilderness. Now, far from embarking on a triumphal pilgrimage to Zion to the temple, the crowds are fleeing to the margins, are running away from the temple, the people are leaving the church for the peripheries. For what? In the midst of the wilderness, a prophet emerges. The first prophet in 400 years is proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. What a fascinating turn of phrase. It's a mouthful. We just say baptism. A baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, baptism was nothing new among the Jews, but neither is this baptism like the others either. And John just isn't delivering a sermon on the theme of baptism. He is proclaiming baptism much as a king at his accession might proclaim amnesty, ascension. John is declaring openly, publicly extolling, that from here on out, this is how things are going to work. In the words of the prophet Ezekiel, God's judgment against the people is loving them all the more. The judgment against God's people, which holds true to today, is that God loves his people all the more, that people are somehow going to know God by his generous forgiveness of their sins. God doesn't love people when they change. God loves people so that they can change. There's one hitch, and it is a hitch. This is for those of you who are visiting this morning and looking for a church, and right now you're thinking, oh, here it is, it's the bait and switch The hook, the crook, this woman's going to ask me for some money. No, today I'm going to ask you for something much more valuable. I was probably 11 or 12, and we were visiting my grandparents in Ohio. My mom's parents lived in Akron. My dad's parents lived in Canton. And I was at my dad's mom's house. And I woke up in the morning, and I had this crick in my neck, so much so to the point I was walking around like this, and I mean, I could not adjust it, and so I went downstairs my mom, dad, and the whole family are outside, and I'm like crying, because I have this crick in my neck, and my dad, who is a large man with big hands, said, oh, come here, I'll fix it, and I screamed, no! No! And so because of that, because of my fear I existed through the rest of our vacation walking around like that Right? And my dad let me. God will do the same thing for us. (coughs) You know, we get a crick in our neck as we grow up. We go to chiropractors. Right? But the problem comes when, as adults, we refuse to undo that crick in the neck. And we decide to live with the pain instead. And the pain literally becomes concretized in our bodies. The same thing can happen with our thoughts and our perceptions and what we believe about people God's most repeated critique of the Israelites in the Hebrew Bible is that they are stiff-necked I needed to think about this and so repentance in the Greek means to turn around to change one's mind to turn one's head, to come to one's senses. is to have your neck on a swivel. It's to be flexible. It's not that we don't have imagination or capabilities or intelligence. We have all those things. It's that we have an almost total inability to point our capabilities toward the right objectives. And if you want to disagree with me, That's fine, but in orthodox terms, we call this original sin. Most of us cling to our version of events for so long, we cannot conceive of any other way of seeing things. We rarely see things as they really are. Instead, we see things as we are. And if we don't go in for the full treatment, church, our perspectives, much like our necks, will compromise. A stiff-necked individual cannot turn to see another person's need A stiff necker can't have a sense for the path ahead. There's no full exercise of awareness that can happen when you're stuck in a tunnel vision. Think about the parable of the prodigal son, which we all know and love so much. The youngest son demands his inheritance, goes out and spends it thoughtlessly on all sorts of fun. And then this Jewish man is eating out of a pig trough on the street, essentially. And the scripture says, when he finally comes to himself and realizes what he's done, he returns home to his father, and his father doesn't welcome him with a list of credit card charges or shame or blame. He welcomes him with an open arm and an open heart. The hitch, the crick, that made all that happen is his willingness to admit he was wrong. Baptism is not about a baptism... Let me back up. A baptism of repentance is not a baptism of being right. It is a baptism of admitting we have been wrong. We say this really simply in 12-step wisdom. We like to say, my ego is not my amigo. (laughs) Ego is an acronym for edging God out. I have them but sometimes we need to be set back to be brought forward sometimes going back is the quickest way forward sometimes things need to fall apart so better things can fall together grace you see sticks to weakness and wrongness and certainly repentance it's the divine formula for regeneration in every age it's the way the path through the wilderness is cut repentance is the only way out there are no shortcuts. Emmaus Christian Church, a non-denominational church in Palatine, Virginia, defines baptism as this on their website. An inward transformation wrought in the heart by the Holy Spirit that changes our inherently sinful nature into one that responds to both the word and the will of God. They go on to say that, quote, we believe in it is this inward transformation which by faith brings us into a right relationship with Christ and not the baptismal act itself, parents and friends. John says, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Water can cleanse a person's body, but in the words of Charlie, it's the only only the Holy Spirit that can change your mind, that can change your heart. Allegiance to religious rules, doctrine, and dogma will only get us so far. You know, and and so often people, we want to let somebody else do it, the preacher or the teacher or the government agency. But if we answer the call, if we are going to be joyful about the phrase, here I am, then we're going to have to accept, I know this is kitschy, we have to accept the Christ as our chiropractor. There is a hook. There is a hitch, and there is a crick, and that is accepting that repentance is our responsibility. And in fact, a mandate. Repentance is an essential part of the treatment. The only roadblock, the biggest roadblock to all of this is us. What do you need to repent of this day? Get honest about your situation. Get intimate with God about your anxieties, your money, your job, your safety, your political party, your church. He wants all the details. Perhaps you need to repent from being right all the time. From being critical or negative. From self-pity. Perhaps you need to repent of that one thing that you hold the dearest, which may be the precise thing that's holding you back. Or from that thing that is keeping you in the wilderness. The good news of the gospel is because we cannot find our way out to Him, God finds His way into us. The Word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And today, The word of God comes to you in your wilderness. God always keeps his word. No one is too important or unimportant for this great showing forth. Serve this day the power that guides your life and destiny. To him belong the honor, glory, and power forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this podcast so that we can reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. To support our ministry, go to www.haddonfieldprez.org and click on the Give tab at the top of the page. Grace and peace be with you.